coming up next on Contemplate. I don't want you to suffer as I've suffered. I can tell you that. I don't want that for you, but I would not trade my weakness for anything. I would not trade my weakness for the world, even with all the pain, because it's shown me, it's shown me, it's taught me that I can be strong in Christ. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, and this is another Contemplate podcast. Thanks for listening as we wrap up this four-part series on anxiety. This is such a great study, and if you haven't, let me encourage you to listen to the first three episodes, too. There's so much there that will help and encourage you. Today's episode will give us more important truth that will help us trust God with our struggles. Here's Pastor David. You remember when your kid was little, like, and they'd ask why all the time? Why? Ethan, it's time to go to bed. Why? Well, because your body needs sleep. Why? Well, because you're tired. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Why? Just go to sleep, right? I'm not saying that's how I reacted. If he says that, he probably just remembers it wrong. It's a tough night last night. Anyway. Eventually, you're saying, because I'm your dad, I don't have time to explain all of it to you right now. I don't have time for all of that. When your kid is running out into the street and there's a car coming, and you say, hey, get back here. If your kid turns around and goes, why? <laughs> and you have to take the time to explain that kid's in danger every second that he keeps asking why. I don't understand. You don't need to always understand. You just need to get your bottom out of the way of that car. <laughs> right? Because God can see the street and the road. And the, and the world and the universe and he made it all and he knows and you don't. And there will be things that happen that crush you. It's gonna happen. And you still have to trust him. You still have to trust him. And he'll still be there for you in that. He sees the whole thing he's just like, listen, child, just trust me. Just trust me. It's difficult. Trusting God doesn't, uh, doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Trusting God with all your heart does not mean it's not going to hurt. So if you're hearing that from me, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, helping, I'm giving you an answer to the anxiety, not an answer to the fallen world. You've got to live in that until God takes us away or we die, right? Until that redemption comes, you've got to live in the fallen world. Trusting God with all your heart is not an antidote to pain. This is what it is. It means you trust and believe that it will all be made new. You trust and believe that it will all be redeemed and transformed. That's what it is. <clears throat> it's not anything more or less than that. But when you know it's out of your control and you know that the person who is in control has promised you that all things will work together for good for those who love him and are the called according to his purpose, if you believe that and you trust in that, then even in the pain, you can have joy and you can have joy peace from anxiety and depression and fear, okay? And I'm not saying it's magic. I'm not saying it's, it's easy. It's just going to happen super easily. It's work to trust God. If it was easy, he wouldn't have to write all these verses about it. 
We just do it. Throughout my bouts of anxiety, God has developed in me a real passion for the truth. Just truth in general. So I just love truth. I just think truth is just really pretty, pretty swell. It's pretty swell stuff. I really like it. And he's given me this kind of unswerving trust because I have to have it. Because of what I have to deal with with my own anxiety, I simply cannot live without speaking truth to lies and living in trust. And because I've had to do that because of my bouts with anxiety and, and the lies that fear has been in my life and, and the amount that I've had to trust God, the, Jesus Christ has become so precious to me. I've become so close to him because of that. Now I want that for you too. I want him to become precious to you like he is to me. I've had my trust in God built up time after time. If it wasn't anxiety, it was the fact that I ran a law office. I don't know how many of you have run a law office. Um, you look like good people, so probably none. Um, it's a lawyer joke. It wasn't that bad. Um, if you have to run a law office and you're running your own law office, what happens is, is that people come in and then, you know, you charge them too much. They pay that. You put it in the bank and you can pay your bills. But people have to come in, right? And so, especially when you're paying big bills and you're doing whatever, and that bank account starts to get low, and maybe it's a slow week. Maybe it's the week after Christmas when no one's spending money. Everyone just spent too much money on their kids, right? Or whatever. So they don't have any money, but you've got a bill to pay. If they don't walk in, you don't have money, right? It's not like the jobs that most people have where every two weeks or whatever, there's a paycheck that comes. It's not like that. So for many years, I had to live in a way where I had to trust God every day that he was going to send people in that were going to spend all this money on legal services. And if they didn't do it, we didn't have money to live. We'd go bankrupt. And that may seem like, well, yeah, but it usually works out. No, listen, there were times when they didn't come in. There are, any business has its ups and downs, right? There were times where it was rough. And so I just had to trust. And over the years, I was able to, through that, just build more and more trust until the time when God said, okay, now what you're going to do is you're going to take everything and you're going to go out to Camus and plant a church with no money, no promise of money, whatever, in order to make that step, which was not hard, by the way. Not as hard as you would think. It was easy because it was part of a whole thing of trust that God had built up in me, starting with intense and horrible anxiety. And then walking through, running my own business, and, and seeing God work in my family, and seeing all these things, and the trust just gets, it's like a muscle. It just gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, you start to look like me, you know? <laughs> in trust. That's a lot of laughing, guys. That's a lot. You, you trust in God. It gets easier. But let me tell you something. It hasn't always worked out the way I thought it would. It hasn't always worked out the way that I thought that God wanted it to work out. There have been times where I've been very disappointed in things that I thought that God wanted and I was trusting him for did not come through, did not happen. Once again, this is, I'm, not, I'm not giving you some lollipops and rainbow sermon here. There are difficult times. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We have been made, we who follow Christ have been made alive spiritually in him. We have his Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear. 
Our flesh may be weak, but his spirit is strong. We can believe in truth. We can trust God, but not if we live in this flesh. Not if we, not if we sow to the flesh. We have to live in the spirit because we don't have a spirit of fear. God has had to pull me out of the pit of despair and fear many times. And it hasn't been through, through flesh that he's done. It's been through his spirit. Believe in the truth and the power of his Holy Spirit every time when I take my thoughts captive, I speak truth, and I trust God. When those things happen, God pulls me out every time. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. When I do that, I'm good. And I know it seems trite, and like a lot of these are like the kind of Bible verses that you would put on a coffee mug, but there's a reason for that. You need them with your coffee half the time, right? You need them to face today. You need to understand it. These are truths that you need to know. And I can tell you it's real. I can tell you that what it's done for me is real. The last point that I want to make has been life-giving to me as I've struggled for the last 20 years or whatever it has been with an anxiety disorder. Anxiety is a burden that not only can God heal you from, but he can also use your suffering for his glory. He can use your suffering for his glory. He can work through you, his child. He can work through me, through the things that we face. The Apostle Paul had a, told us about a thorn that he had in his flesh, right? He had a physical ailment. He had a problem. We don't know exactly what it was, okay? We don't know. But we know he suffered a physical condition. Holy Spirit inspires him to write in 2 Corinthians 12. Uh, this is verses 8 through 10. It says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul struggled with an infirmity. The infirmity reminded him that he was weak and it kept him humble. And because he stayed humble, he was able to be strong in Christ. But he had to stay humble for that to work. Martin Luther, the reformer, you probably have heard of him. John Bunyan, who wrote the book Pilgrim's Progress, one of the greatest Christian books ever written. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher. All of them, they suffered from either anxiety or depression, some kind of, from what we can tell, some kind of uh, uh, anxiety or, or depressive disorder. All those guys did. Okay? St. Teresa of Avila. Some of the... Some of the People who have done the most, who God has used the most powerfully, have had things to overcome. Physical ailments, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether they were missing a limb, whether they, were, whether they struggle with any number of things. And, and there's people in this room who struggle with different physical infirmities. And let me tell you something. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata, who's now, I think, in, in, has cancer and is, and is very sick, um, but, you know, she's paralyzed as a, as a young girl and has been incredible for the kingdom. There are so many people who God has used powerfully because they didn't have an ego. Because they recognized their own physical body, their own physical infirmities, helped them to recognize that they were weak and allow Christ to be strong in them. And through that, he was able to use them powerfully. If you're a little, little, little nuts... Little, you, got some, you got some crazy going on in your, in your house? You got some, some stuff, whatever? 
I know none of you, but if someone's listening, you know, maybe they do. You got difficulties, you got trouble, all the people that God has used to do amazing things have been like that. All the people, all the people that God uses to do amazing things have to start with the fact that they got some, some crazy, some difficulties, some pain, some whatever. It's very hard for him to use you to help heal others if you've never experienced pain yourself, right? I don't want you to suffer as I've suffered. I can tell you that. You know, it was bad. It has been bad. It still can be bad sometimes. I don't want that for you, but I would not trade my weakness for anything. I would not trade my weakness for the world, even with all the pain, because it's shown me, it's shown me, it's taught me that I can be strong in Christ. Nothing Nothing, nothing has brought me closer to my Savior and my friend, Jesus Christ, than the pain and the infirmity that I've struggled with anxiety and and the difficulty that I've had with that. Nothing has brought me closer to the Lord. Nothing has brought me closer to my King than knowing that I needed him. I needed his faithfulness and my weakness. It's amazing when you can get to the place where you realize that you're weak, where Paul was with his thorn in the flesh. He's like, man, I'm weak. I can't do it. I need him. That's when you first start to realize, I don't have to measure up. I don't have to be somebody. It doesn't matter whether anybody else sees it or not. I'm a child of God, and I have eternal value. And in my weakness, he'll be strong. See, that's who you are. You're a child of God with eternal value. You don't need my approval or the approval of any other person. God has already told you who you are, and he doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. You don't have to have the best stories at the party. You don't have to have the perfect life. You don't have to have the kids on the honor roll or the retirement account with whatever in it or the nice car or the impressive vocabulary or whatever it is. You're you. That's enough. For God, it's enough. In all your weakness, if you're surrendered to him and living in his strength, just be you. Don't let those fears come when you're, when you're rolling around at night. It's always, it's always this thing's going to happen, that thing's going to happen, whatever. It's always bringing it back on ourselves. Recognize what you can control and what you can't because there's very little that you can. Having an anxiety disorder has kept me humble because I know that without my Father God, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, I am useless. I would be on the floor crying in fear and pain. And you're like, well, that seems a little, you know, much. No, it's true. Been there. Been there. I know my weakness. I know my weakness. I am completely broken without Jesus Christ. It's the way it is. That may not be you. You may be like, well, it's not that bad for me. Well, good. I'm glad for you. It is that way for me. And God has done everything for me. Everything. He's given me the blessing and honor that he actually will work through me. Somebody as weak as me. Somebody that's as much of a joke as I am. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll use you. I'll use you. He'll do the same with you. And I've been able to help others who suffer with these kinds of issues. They get to know that I'm a real boy, not some cookie cutter, some version of what a pastor is supposed to be. This perfect guy, never does anything that he shouldn't do. 
That's not me. And I rest in that, the fact that it's not me. Look, I've been to the valley of the shadow of death, and I've been to the mountain on the other side, and I can tell you that it's a long way down. And there's nothing like the blessing of knowing that that's where you would be if it was not for the fact that Jesus Christ carried you up here. There's so much in realizing that God is strong. Whenever I have to realize, rely on myself, that's when the anxiety comes. I can't do it. God did it, not me. I'm weak, he's strong. I don't have to be anyone but me because he's got me. I get, used to be, I get to be used by God because I'm broken. And the more that I know I'm broken, the more that he's willing to use me. And the more that he's willing to use me, the closer I go to him in love. And the closer that I grow to him in love, the more he uses me even more. It's an amazing thing when you can get into it. Last Sunday, we talked about how children, kids, right, with their parents, they, they just kind of trust them, right? But here's the other thing about kids. You know that kids don't feel like they have to be awesome? Kids don't feel like they have to have all the skills and all the stuff in order to have value. Because most kids realize that the only real skills they have that they care about are when they can make mom or dad smile, laugh, whatever. And that all the stuff they have, mom and dad bought. There's no pride in it. They're not like, hey, have you checked out my, uh, my new toy over here? As if they like got a job and bought it, right? Like, yeah, I know, I bought that for you. I was there. I was the one who did it. You can't even see over the counter to buy the thing. I mean, come on, right? Kids don't think that. They're like, all my stuff, my parents got for me. I live in their blessing. I trust in them. I'm weak. I'm little. They're strong. We talked about this some last week. That's where we have to be. And the more that we're that way, because that's not how we are, right? That's not how we roll. We think we got all our stuff. And when God wants a little piece of it, we're kind of like, ah, maybe I'll volunteer instead. Whatever. I don't want to get into a giving thing. But my point is, my point is, is that we rarely see all our stuff as something that our Father gave us. We rarely see our skills as something that are best used to just honor God. Instead, we get stuck in this idea that we have to be awesome and amazing, and that drives so much of the anxiety that you experience, and it's a lie. You don't have to be amazing. You can live like a child in childlike faith because the kingdom will be of these, of those who can be like a child, who can see God as their father. Not those who are trying to be somebody, those who know they are somebody because of God, because he loves you. Because he loves you, yes. You, every one of you, you need to rest in that because pressure for perfection is pointless and it's just going to cause you anxiety. Trying to measure up is misunderstanding how it works. There's nothing for you to measure up to. There's only one standard for you and that's you because you're the only one that's you. Your fears and your anxieties, they're going to come. But if you take your thoughts captive, to the truth and you trust in him, God will work. He will work. He is working. He's working all things together for good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. If you believe that, if you trust him, if you let him use your weaknesses, if you, if you act like a child, you're dependent on your father for everything, you can rest and you don't have to live in fear. And you won't, frankly. The more that you can live like this, the, the better you're gonna sleep. 
The easiest for me is when I can go, okay, I can feel the anxiety coming. I can feel the stress coming. I can feel the difficulty coming. And when I can get my, my, when I can get my mind, when I can take that thought captive, when I can get my mind to that place where it's like, God, there's nothing I can do. It's got to be you. That's when I'm out, like a light, sleeping like a baby, because that's what I am in that moment, his child. The more that I can live as his child, the less that I live in anxiety. Now, let me tell you one more thing before we close. It does not mean it's going to be easy, and it does not mean it's going to happen immediately. These are disciplines. Trusting in God with all your heart is a discipline, okay? Bringing your needs and your desires to him is a discipline. Meditating on the good is a discipline. It will take time. You may go home and be like, well, but I'm still feeling, I listened to the sermon, I'm still feeling anxiety. A, listen to it again, okay? Because sometimes we need to hear these things over and over again. And B, wait on the Lord and courage. Wait on the Lord and courage. He will come through on this. Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. There may, there may be some of that. There may be some waiting I want to prepare you as best I can. Trust truth and recognize the glory that comes from your brokenness. For those of you who don't suffer with anxiety issues, for those of you who don't even know what I'm talking about, you're like, I've never been worried about anything. You should probably worry about something if that's the case. I mean, there's got to be something worth worrying about, right? But if if you've never had to deal with it at all, recognize that your spouse or your child, or your brother, or your sister, or your friend, or some person sitting within a couple seats of you here has and does struggle with this type of thing. And the more that you can be the person to say, rest in truth. Not, why are you feeling scared? You shouldn't. You should just be whatever. That doesn't work, okay? That's like the worst thing you can do. Just help people to concentrate on what's good. Help people to be able to trust in God. Speak the promises of God over your brothers and sisters who need your help. And don't be afraid for those of you who suffer to reach out. Whether you reach out to me, one of the other elders, one of our deacons, one of the ministry leaders, somebody just next to you, somebody in your life group, don't suffer with things like anxiety and depression by yourself. That is the worst possible scenario. That's that divide and conquer stuff. That's that Satan getting you by yourself and just hammering you with lies and that you're believing them and you're just, and you're just reveling in it and you, and you can't get out of it. And what, you break the silence on that and have somebody else, let somebody else into that. They're the one who's gonna help you see that they're little fuzzy squirrels and not big lions. You need that. So please do that. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're kind of like, okay, this is all kind of Christian-y. What if I want help from anxiety and, and depression but I don't really want Jesus? If you don't have Jesus, you should have anxiety. I mean, I'm being serious. You should be anxious because you're not in him and you, were, and you were designed to be in him. Now, I'm not wishing on you anxiety, but frankly, these methods work the best in the context of scripture, in the context of those who are following Christ. So if you don't know him and you want to know him, You want to walk with Jesus Christ? You want to have the Holy Spirit? You want to not have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind? You want that today, and you don't know him, and you've never given your life to him, and you've never said, no, I'm submitted to Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm weak, but he'll take care of that. He's forgiven that on the cross, and I believe he rose from the dead, and I want to walk with him, and I want to know him. Today's the day for you. Today's the day for you. Today's the day of salvation for you. You can be transformed. That's great news. This is great news. 
Otherwise, we were separated from God and in anxiety forever. But we don't have to be. We can have a spirit that's not a fear. So if you don't know Jesus, today's the day. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, and he's right. Today's the day. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you want to, there's no magic formula. You don't have to pay any money. You don't need to join a church or anything. All you've got to do is ask. Simply ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, be the Lord of your life, and he will. And if you still have questions or we can help you in any way to make that life-changing decision for Christ, give us a call at 360-885-9000. And come see us this Sunday at Axe Church. We would love to meet you and help you find peace in your life. Get directions and all the details at axcamus.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church here on Contemplate. Contemplate.